This is KMTT, and this is the weekly share in Agadot Chedek. This is Ezra Beck. We are now on Daf Tzadi Aleph Amud Bet. Um, we're starting a new uh, story today, a new, a new incident, but it's a direct continuation of what we did last week. So I just want to review. Last week we had a discussion between Antoninus, the Roman Caesar, and Rebbe concerning the question... Um, from when is the soul imbued into man? Two possibilities were Mishat Yitzira, that was Rebbe's answer, which means, the way Rashi explains, from the time that the human body is formed in utero, or Mishat Pekida, which is earlier, from the time that the moment of conception, or even earlier, from the very beginning of the thought of creation of man. Uh, and the Gemara concluded, Antoninus convinced Rebbe that Antoninus was correct, that it's Mishat Pekida. It's from this earlier time. And we discussed that, that was what we discussed last week. The discussion then continues in a very similar manner. A new story. Antoninus Mishat Mishat At what point does the evil inclination, the Yetzirah, uh, begin its operation. The truth is, the language of the Gemara is stronger. Sholet ba'adam. When does it rule over man? When does it gain power? The two possibilities are Mishat Yitzirah, presumably the same time as the rejected opinion of Rebbe in the previous story. That means from that point in, in, in uh, embryo development, where it's a human being, it has the shape of a human being, or Mishat Yitzirah means from birth. When it comes out into the world. Rebbe answered consistently that uh, the answer is Mishat Yitzira. Amar lo Mishat Yitzira. Which means basically from the very beginning of being a human being. Amar lo Antoninus answered him Imkain bo'eit b'me'ei imo v'yotzei. I don't really understand the question, but he said if that was true, then the embryo would, would exit. It would kick its mother and would flee, would, 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 would exit the womb. For some reason, there's an assumption here that Dafka the Yetzirah, if the evil inclination would be present in an, in an embryo, he um, wouldn't stick around to term. I'm not sure why that's true. I don't know. My Yetzirah uh, would bring me to want to stay in the womb. It's comfortable. It's nice. Look, I don't really understand the exact argument, but we're, we're more interested in what the answers um, convey. So Antinus was arguing that, no, it's impossible. The, the child in, in embryo is, is, is innocent, has no Yetzirah. So it's only Mishat Yitziah. It's only from the moment that the um, child exits the womb and enters the world. And once again, Rebbe agreed. Amar Rebbe, Davazelem, Deni Antoninus. This thing I learned from Antoninus, and in fact, it's a pasuk. Umikra misayoshinema lepetach chatat rovetz. Pasuk was said about Cain, lepetach at the at the door, right, or at the exit, or at the entrance. In other words, at the entrance to the womb. That's where chatat rovetz. That's where sin uh, uh, crouches. That's when the Yitzhar begins. What what's What's the story here? What, in fact, are these two opinions talking about? And why is, in fact, Antoninus correct? Rebbe's argument was very simple. 
Yetzahara, as well as Yetzatov, are, are part of man. They're a natural part of man. Uh, what has to emphasize that Rebbe and Antoninus as well are both saying something which is, in fact, very different from a, from, from a possible third opinion. There is an idea which floats around, not, uh, I can't think of any place where it has expression within Jewish sources, but I'm sure we're more familiar with it from other places, that would basically view the evil inclination, the Eitzahara, the cause of, of, of evil in man, as being non-natural. The natural human being, in the womb and out of the womb, is pure, simple, innocent. Uh, this is usually associated, the most famous uh, association of this idea is with uh, the thinker Jean-Jacques Rousseau, the idea of the noble savage. Natural man is innocent, sweet, and man gets corrupted by society, by, by modernity, but uh, natural man is naturally good. This might be part of a, of a larger attitude towards the world, which says that everything natural is good. Uh, animals don't sin, and simple people don't sin. But uh, sin is a kind of corruption which only takes place at a more advanced, or an event, a more advanced form of development. So, uh, and, and, uh, and Antoninus, and Rebbe for sure, Rebbe says that the Yitzhahara is Mishat Yitzhira. It's You can't imagine a man without it. We're talking about an embryo here, but once it has the shape of a human being, that at least in proto-form, okay, it has little teeny fingers and little teeny feet, it has a little teeny Yitzhahara. So Antoninus disagrees, but before we get to see what Antoninus is saying, all, Antonin, all he disagrees with is in a few months. He says it's Mishat Yitziah, from the time the baby is born. But those little innocent babies, Antoninus is also arguing, and maybe you eventually will agree, have, have a Yitzhahara. There is, in fact, I, I can't think of any place in Chazal where this um, sort of naive realism exists, that, that man is naturally good. I think Chazal really had the opposite idea. And, and the Pasuk, which is quoted here, the Petach Chatat Vuvetz, is very often interpreted that manner. Um, Rashi and the Chumash, for those of you who can take a look, um, where the Pasuk is really saying that man is created Man was created with two inclinations, two natures. The word Yetzir here really means nature. And the Petach Chatat Vuvetz, it's waiting for you at the very beginning of your life. So what is the difference between Rebbe and Antoninus? Um, Antoninus said, you know, if if man had an evil inclination, he would never get born. So I think the the, the point here is, it's an interesting point. I, I, I would interpret it in the following manner. What Antoninus is saying to Rebbe is that beforehand, last week, in, in this context, we argued as to when the soul is embodied in a man. And there I argued, Antoninus speaking, I argued that it's earlier, that from the very thought that a man should exist, Shat Pkida, the Mashi explains when, when, the, when the drop, when the drop of semen is brought before God to plan a man, that's when the soul exists. The soul represents potential. And the point which I made last week in this discussion was that Antoninus was arguing, and Rebbe eventually agreed, a man, even, a, even if he's not a man yet, he doesn't have the shape of a man, 
But being human is not built on top of something else. It's sort of like an anti-evolutionary idea. You can't turn a monkey into a human being. At least in the spiritual side, in terms of what neshama, what soul represents. The spiritual potential of man is is from the very earliest idea of creation. As the Pasuk says, when, before God created man, he said, Adam The plan of man is, That was last week, because they were talking about potential. What were we talking about? They were talking about a little baby. We were talking about an embryo. Talk about potential. The potential of the earliest uh, 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 organism, or even the earliest thought of man, is that he should be B'Tselem Elohim. He should have a Neshama. He should have a, 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 a divine soul. But now we're talking about Yetzirah. We're talking about the evil inclination. What Antoninus is saying is, that's not man's potential. That's man's reality. When you face this world, and for the sake of extreme, taking the opinion to the extreme, when you as soon as you're born and you face the real world, then you have you have two you have two choices. And you have two real choices, two real possibilities, and you're torn. You 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 you're tormented. You're conflicted by those two possibilities. That's what the word Yetzirah means. Now, of course, man's soul has a certain potential. It's called Bechirah Chavshit. It's called free choice. And here I think Atenius is making a very, very deep point. One might claim that the reality of evil and the reality of good is what creates free choice. Antoninus is saying it's the other way around. Free choice, when it becomes real, creates the reality of evil. The quality of man as created is only good. Which is not the opinion that I quoted before in the name of Jean-Jacques Rousseau. God made man. He made him to be good. One of the things he gave him was free choice. Free choice in itself is good. It's not a product of the clash of evil and good. Free choice is a good. It is a good. It's the highest good. What makes man, man. What gives man his moral qualities. However, it is true, as, as philosophers have pointed out for generations, hundreds of years, that if you have free choice, then the possibility of evil is included. If you have free choice, that means you could do evil as well as could do as well as could do uh, good. And that's why the Midrash says in the beginning of Bereshit Rabbah that when God created the world, He foreseed that there would be Rishayim and Sadiqim, there would be good and evil. Because when He wanted to make the world with free choice, He knew to what that would lead. But that's a result. Free choice itself is not a combination of good and evil. It's only good. It's a complicated idea because, I mean, it's a simple idea, we all know it, but it, it seems to go against another, a certain rule. Something which is all good includes the possibility of evil. Bechirach of shit is a good. If you don't have Bechirach of shit, if you don't have free will, you're less good, you're, less, you're at a less higher level than if you have free will. But having free will opens up the potential, a real potential, by definition almost an equal potential, for producing, for producing, for producing evil, for sin. And so Antonina says, man in the womb doesn't have an evil inclination. I think he probably say he doesn't have a good inclination either. He's simply good. He's not facing two choices. He has free will. If you talk about potential, he has a soul. 
has a soul from Shat Pekida. And a soul is a free soul. It has free will. Eventually, when you apply the freedom of the will to real choices in the real world, then the possibility of evil becomes also real. That's the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah is not an implicit part of man. Yetzirah is part of a man who now has to choose between two possibilities. When free will meets the real world, it's expressed as two possibilities. When free will is merely potential, you're not in the world, you're being formed still, you're growing in in the uterus, so then you have free will, but you don't have Yetzirah. And if Antoninus objected to what Rebbe said, who said that the Yetzirah was from the time that you're a man, and I think Antoninus was, or maybe the Pasuk and Breshit, maybe Antoninus as well, was saying that that seems to imply that man is a combination of good and evil. He has Yetzirah, he has Yetzirah, he has good inclinations, he has bad inclinations. And Antoninus said that's not what you Jews should be believing in. And apparently he didn't believe in it either. And surely the Pasuk and Breshit didn't believe in it. Man is not a combination of good and evil. He's the highest level of creation. He's all good in terms of his creation. What's interesting about man is that part of his good, the supreme expression of his good, is free will, which itself creates the possibility of evil. To make the distinction between how you are created and what you become, so Antoninus introduced here a couple of months. You were created with free will, and therefore you will eventually have a Yetzirah. The exact point where that takes place, maybe not in full actuality, but the point of demarcation, the border is when you're born, when you enter the real world. In the real world, there are choices. I'm not trying to claim that babies who are one-year-old make a lot of choices. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But but in terms of the the uh, the boundary, right, the 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 territory, the real world is the territory of choices. The womb is the territory of potential. And once again, it turned out that Antinus was correct. Okay, let us continue with a few more short mamarim in today's Gemara. Uh, the Gemara here has a three or four cases of um, basically contradictions. Somebody quotes two psukim, begins with psukim which are directly connected to Tchiyat HaMitim, which is our subject, and the two verses are contradictory. And you have to therefore reconcile them. First case, Rish Lakish Rami. Rish Lakish contraposed to Psukim. Khtiv, Bab Iver Upisea Chara, Violedet Yachdav. He interprets this to mean at the time of Tchatamitim, time of resurrection, there will be among them, among those people, there were the blind and the lame, as well as pregnant and those who give birth, yachdav, altogether. So it implies that there will be blind people and lame people in resurrection. That then the lame shall leap like a like a deer and the mute shall sing. Meaning, in other words, the question here is, after resurrection, 
Will there be perfect people? Whole people, as part of being recreated, overcoming death, you'll also automatically overcome all disease and all the def- all and all uh, and def- uh, deformities, all disimpairments. Or no? What's the question here? This is a question which basically we discussed in the past. We saw two different opinions in a slightly different language. I think this means the question is: Is the resurrection a continuation of life or a second chance at life? If it's a second chance, then you start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. You should be given a, a beginning and better. It's a second chance and a better chance. So you should start as a as a totally healthy and fully capable human being. If it's a continuation, then you continue where you left off. If you were mute, if you were blind, if you were lame when you died, you continue, you continue from that point. This, as we saw in the past, this was basically two different ways of viewing resurrection. Is it the, is it the, is it, is it a form of eternity of existence? You continue on from where you left off? Or is it a second chance to begin life anew? Um, the question itself, of course, uh, on a somewhat uh, curious level, almost on a, you know, in our spare time, let's ask crazy questions we know the answer for, is imagine a question which people you know, really rise. When you see these people coming out of their graves. So most people, when they die, died old, sick, and infirm. Just coming out of the grave may not be as good as it sounds. The question is really what happens. Um, here you have two psukim that are contradictory. So the answer the Gemara gives is what you'd expect from a contradictory answer. You you work it out so they're both correct. Hakate said, how is it possible that both psukim are correct? Omdin bimumin, omdin When the moment of resurrection, they will be resurrected with their infirmities meaning exactly as they were buried, and then they will be repaired, then they will, then, then they will be cured. I guess that's why, that's why both psukim can be true. On the one hand, but then, the truth is, I thought that was actually shot of the second pasuk. The second pasuk doesn't say there won't be any lame people. It says at that time, the lame will leap like a deer. I thought that's what it means. There will be someone lame, and then he'll leap. He'll be cured, in other words. Okay, so the Gemara didn't do it that way. The Gemara thought that Pasuk says that the person who used to be called a Piseach will then be a, an Ayal. And the other Pasuk says there will be a Piseach. So it says, well, the Pshara answer, the, the way to reconcile contradictions, say that they will be recreated and then, they'll be, and then they'll be cured. But this means, if I'm right about the explanation of the question, the answer is that basically it's a continuation. However, it's a, it's a repaired continuation. You, you, you continue from where you let off, but it's a better world. Not everything in life is downhill. Even in our lives, you can have a certain problem and you can fix it. Medicine can cure some of your ills. So the time of Tatamitim is a time also of, of, of a better world. But there's a, a point that's being made, maybe only a minute, but they will be resurrected exactly as they were when they died, and then they'll get better. That point, what, what's the importance of that? He gave an answer. You, you answer up the two psukim, but it seems trivial. You know, it's like a game. But the way I understand it, it's, no, it's, it's a really important point. It doesn't have a lot of significance in the lives of those people because within a minute or two, they'll be cured. They'll immediately leap like, like a deer. But the point is that, yes, in theory and in principle, 
you are continuing your life. But you're continuing your life better. And therefore, there will be solutions to problems you had. In your previous life, you had a problem which really held you back. You were lame, you could not run, you were blind, you could not see. And so, you continue. But there will be a cure. Because God is, is fixing people then to give them an opportunity to do things which perhaps they couldn't do before in order to increase and develop and develop further. So it's a continuation of development, but it's a development. It's getting better. And, and our prejudice which says that as, as you get older, you get worse. At a certain age, you begin to think that way. So that won't be true anymore. You'll be like fine wine. As you get older, you'll get, you'll get better. So in principle, the answer is it's a continuation. But it's not a continuation of decay. It's a continuation of improvement. Next, uh, next contradiction. Ula Rami. Um, Ula faced, again, two psukim. Bila ha-mavet la-netzach hashem dima me panim. Pasuk which we're very familiar with from funerals, unfortunately. But the pasuk says, Ubila ha-mavet la-netzach umacha hashem dima me panim. Pasuk in Yishayahu. Death shall be swallowed up for all eternity, and God shall wipe away the tear from all faces. It says there will be no more death. But another pasuk, Shosun Yishayahu, says, Kinaar ben Meya Shana Yamut, Lo Yesham Od Ol Yamim. For a youth at a hundred years old shall die. Which, as Rashi explains what that means, doesn't mean a youth will die at 100. It means if someone dies at 100, people will say, oh, he was a youth. The life expectancy will be much, much longer. Today, if someone dies when he's 100, you don't see people crying, saying, oh, he died so young, he didn't have a chance to develop. But then, if someone dies at 100, people really will cry, because they'll say, oh, he was only 100. He just began to, he just began to live. It means people will live to be 300, 400, 500 years old, but not that death will be extinct. Simply, life expectancy will be much, 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 much longer. So that's the contradiction. In the time of the resurrection, will people live forever? Or will they live for a very, very long time? So before we even see those two possibilities, and, and what the answer is, um, there's a basic question here, which we've also discussed in the past, as to like, what do we expect from, from resurrection, or what do we expect from life? The Rambam, most prominently, uh, has an opinion, a, a, a deep-seated, you could call it a prejudice, a deep-seated attitude towards life that says that a purely spiritual existence is better than an existence within a body. And therefore, for the Rambam, Olam Haba, meaning the life of the spirit without any body, what we assume takes place when a person dies, is superior to any possible existence on this earth. The Rambam therefore faces a problem, what about Tchiat HaMetim? I mean, we, why then does Tchiat HaMetim take place? It will involve a, 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 uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like being demoted. A person is Olam, Olam Haba. In the language of the Rambam, he has a spiritual relationship with the glory of God. And then he's being sent back to this world to have a body. So the Rambam states that 
in the time of Tchat Meitim, people will live for a long time and then they'll die again and they'll go back to Olam That doesn't explain why there is Tchat Meitim. We've suggested a few possible answers which would be okay for the Rambam. But the point is why I'm saying that it's not the final good. The real final goal of man is to be without a body. And so that would accord with one of the two opinions that I said here. It says you live for 100, 200, 300, 400 years. But not that death will be will be gone because death, the way the Rambam views it, isn't a calamity. It's freedom. It's getting rid of the body so that you can live a purely spiritual existence. Yeah, most we showed them do not agree with the Rambam. And they really understand that Bilam Avadnetzach didn't alone the death. And therefore, they view, and I frankly sympathize with this opinion much more, that an embodied life, a true, well-developed embodied life, is in fact, is in fact the goal of man. So here the Gemara asks the question, you have two different contradictions to him, and the Gemara gives a very strange answer. Lokasha kan bisel kan Presumably that means one Pasuk is by Jews, one Pasuk is by non-Jews. Presumably that means that the no death is by Jews and the long life is by is by non-Jews. I'm not sure if it means non-Jews or obdei kochavim idolaters. Because the word obdei kochavim is used in Chazal to mean any non-Jew because all non-Jews are idolaters. But there's a big difference. Idolaters are sinners. Non-Jews not necessarily so. Here it says, kam obdei kochavim. The Gemara asks, obdei kochavim mai bao hatam. The Gemara asks, what are you talking about? I mean, if they're idolaters, then what are they even doing there? Or if they're non-Jews, what are they doing there? This, we're talking about something which is, apparently, according to this Gemara, only for Jews. Uh, so why are they involved at all? The Gemara gives an even stranger answer. Pasuk in Yishayel says in the time of the future, so the hard, difficult work will be done by non-Jews. So that's why you need them around. But they'll live only for 400 years, whereas you live forever. I frankly don't understand the point here. I, I get the words, but what's, what's the point? If, the question I asked before, is immortality, physical immortality, better than spiritual immortality? Yes or no? If it's better, and that's why the Jews will live forever, so... The non-Jews, if they're sinners, then they shouldn't be getting it at all. And if they're not sinners, then why not live forever? What, what's the point of, of making this, this, this compromise? Jews get to live forever, and non-Jews get, get to live to be 500. What, what, what's the point of 500? What, 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 what is the long life blessing here that's somehow connected to... I mean, that's a long life is a blessing, but how is it connected to to resurrection for Jews? I have never seen a satisfactory explanation for this, nor do I have one. I think it's, I mean, in terms of a compromise, it's a very nice compromise. There's no question that Chazal in many places say things about Jews which they don't say about non-Jews. But here they're saying a little bit about the non-Jew. What's the point of that? I don't, frankly, do not understand what the meaning of this is, and therefore I have nothing to say about it. One more case. Rabbi Chistarami. Different contradiction, also relating to the future, to the future life, the future world. Pasuk says that the sun and the moon will be um, embarrassed, will be, will be uh, um, set to shame. Rashi explains because you won't need their light, there'll be a better light. Rashi says it's the light of the tzaddikim. I think that means it'll be, there'll be a spiritual light. 
Obviously, light is very important in our world, and light comes from the sun. But in some future world, the sun will be put to shame because there'll be the light of God. There'll be the light of spirituality. But another pasuk says, rather famous pasuk, that at that time the moon will be as bright as the sun and the sun will be seven times brighter than the sun. There will be more light, but the light will come from them. So these two psukim, one says that there will be an improved set of sun and moon, and one says there will be a replacement, a spiritual replacement for them. What's the question here? This is a very, very basic question, which has really been accompanying us since we began talking about Tchatamitim. Is the goal... A, is the goal of this world and improve this world. A brighter, literally brighter this world, but it'll still be the sun, but it'll be a brighter sun. I'm not asking the actual physical question how we would manage with a brighter sun. Let's assume that it's a only a metaphor. But it means life will be brighter, but the same life will be brighter. So the moon will be stronger, the sun will be stronger. Or, no, there'll be no place in this future glorious world for, for sun and moon. Those are physical objects. There the light will be purely spiritual. The physical world will be replaced by a spiritual world. This is sort of akin to the question we asked as to whether or not it's better to be in the next world or it's better to be in this world. Improved. So is, it, is the future hope of mankind to be in this world improved or to be living in a spiritual existence? Zadikim yoshvim atrotehem beroshehem benehenin mizibashchina Tzadikim sitting, their crowns on their heads, and they enjoy, they benefit from the the glow of the Shekhinah. Two different psukim. There's a contradiction. What's the answer? A very simple answer, which makes a lot of sense. One pasuk talks about that which is called Yimot HaMashiach, the time of the Mashiach. One talks about the time that's called Olam Haba. Olam Abba is the spiritual existence. This is apparently using the terms in the way we use them today. Olam Abba is where man goes when he dies. Purely spiritual existence. There, there's no sun, no moon. There's the light of God. And But the future world, the world of Tchat Amitim and Yimot HaMashiach, the historical world that's in our future, so that, that, that that's this world. But in proof, that's, you have real bodies. And therefore you will have real light from a real sun. Improved. So that, that's, that's, that's the answer. Both things are true. How do they, what's the relationship between them? Okay, so we've discussed that, the Rabbin discusses it. But both things, both things are true. The Gemara asks, According to Shmuel, and the Rabbin famously paskins like Shmuel, that even in the future world will basically look like this world. No great miracles taking place, so seven times as bright doesn't make sense there either. Shmuel says the only difference between the future world and our present world is oppression of the kingdoms, oppression of you know, the, the Jews being in Golis. But all the Psukim and Yeshaya which discuss miraculous times, that's not talking about this world. That's not talking about Yemot HaMashiach. So, what are the two possibilities here of a brighter sun or a no sun at all? Neither one of them is Yemot HaMashiach. The answer is, Kan Tzadikim, Kan The answer is, there are two different, it's hard to explain. In Olam Haba, there's Machane Shechina, the presence of God, 
and there's Machanet Sadikim, where the righteous are found. Both will be brighter. Machanet Shechina is no physical world. Machanet Sadikim, there'll be a, a there'll be a brighter sun. I can explain this, so I think every one of you can explain it. It's a relative idea. I can't explain it well. What it's saying is that, basically, even Olam Haba bears a relationship to this world. A purely spiritual world is only the world of God. A human being is, by definition, physical. So we're talking about after death. So maybe he doesn't have a body, but, but his light comes from the world. It comes from the sun. The idea that there will be no sun, that's talking about Machan Eshkin. That's talking about the life, the world of God. In Olam Haba. Um, okay, there's actually one more Gemara that has a contradiction between two Psukim. Um, since Gemara keeps talking about those Psukim in the future, so we'll leave that for next week and we finish for this week. We saw a number of different... Uh, things here, basically we've sort of summed up things which we talked about in the past um, but interested in the ways in which Chazal approached them we'll be back next week continuing our discussion of these Gemarot